Welcome, I'm Jennifer Colosimo, the president of the Enterprise Division, and you're joining us as we talk about the new world of work and ensuring that we don't just survive, but that we thrive. One of the things that's been coming up all over the place is the importance of soft skills, which many are now renaming power skills. Power skills like ability to communicate effectively, build relationships, self-manage, have empathy, collaborate. And they're power skills because they unlock all of the technical job-related skills that your people have. So as leaders, we really need to be emphasizing our ability to communicate, have conversation, build relationships. Today, I'm joined by Todd Davis, Franklin Covey's Chief People Officer and the best-selling author of Get Better and Everyone Deserves a Great Manager. Welcome, Todd. Hey, Jen. Great to be here. Uh, awesome to see you, as always. So let's dive right in. In Get Better, you talk about the importance of relationships to business. In fact, you say everyone says people are our greatest asset. And you would say, well, the relationships that exist are your competitive advantage. It's more than just people are your best assets. We know that's good for culture. How is that so important for business, especially now? Yeah, great question. Makes such a, makes such a difference to the bottom line of business because as you think about it, relationships are great for culture. I mean, who wants to go work in a place where I don't get along with anybody, everybody's mean to me or whatever. So certainly important at that level. But when you think about it, with very few exceptions, and I honestly can't think of any, unless, unless you are an employee of a company where you're the only employee, <laughs> the rest of us get our results with and through others. And so there isn't a job in any organization that I'm aware of where you don't need to partially or a lot, in a lot of the time, get your results with and through others. And so the nature of our, our relationships, I think about the, the most effective and the most successful people that I've had the pleasure of working with in our organization or in other organizations, and they are masters at their relationships. And again, not just to be nice and not just to have those positive relationships, but because they realize, and not in a manipulative way, but they realize that they've got to have a whole team behind them if they're going to succeed at producing whatever it is they produce or selling whatever they sell or accomplishing whatever they accomplish. So relationships are in fact foundational to your success and to your organization's success. Well, and let's say we recognize that, that in order for us to get the results, we have to behave in a way to have great relationships. What would you share with us in terms of mindset, how you think, or you even mentioned intent, that you're not being manipulative? What are the kinds of things that can help us build great relationships, some of those power skills? Yeah, well, you know, as we know, high emotional intelligence is critical and the ability to really understand where others are coming from. We all want to make a difference. We all want to add value in some form or another. And I find that those who are true masters at their relationships, they take the time as much as any of us can to truly understand where the other person's coming from, to really get in the mindset of, of this sales assistant that I work with or this CEO that I work for or, or whatever and understand where she's coming from, what she's worried about, what she's thinking about so that I can approach things, approach problems, approach solutions, approach discussions 
meeting them where they're at, thinking about, okay, now wait a minute, what does this mean for them? How can we think win-win as we talk about in habit four of, of the seven habits? You know, what, what's a win for both of us? And it's not about being a martyr and, oh, it's all about them and I'm going to be so great at relationships and I'll just, you know, be humble old me in the corner and, and worry about me later. No, it's how do we win together and how can I help you be more productive and effective and how, how can you help me? And let's be transparent about that. And back to your point on intent, you and only you know what your real intent is. Now, I might have a pretty good idea based on what you've been doing lately, but, but we're the ones that really know what our true intent is. And I find myself often in a meeting or, or in a situation where I'll have to pause and ask myself, now, Todd, what is it you're really trying to accomplish here? You know, are you in a meeting and trying to think of something smart to say because the last three people said something really smart and I want to make sure that my boss knows I'm smart or... Do I really have something meaningful to add to the conversation? So I think even the best of people, those who are best at the relationships need to pause and, and ask themselves, what is their true intent? It's interesting that you say that. I um, And I, I think I learned this from the seven habits of highly effective people, but relationships, while you can't really see it, is a result. It's a result that helps you get better results. And you hear a lot of leaders needing to have executive presence in their ability to clearly and concisely communicate. Well, part of that is your ability to empathize and to actually understand from their perspective and not just be thinking about it in, with the intent to respond. One of the things you share as a practice in Get Better is make it safe to tell the truth. Can you talk about why what that means and why it's so important right now in our current world of work? And, and like most of my life lessons, I learned them through not doing certain things for a long time and then trying to figure out how to improve myself. But making it safe to tell the truth is really just posing the question to, to everyone, whether you are running a, a worldwide organization or whether you are the receptionist at the, at the front desk, do you make it safe for others to tell you the truth? Do you make it safe? I talk to people, you talk to people all the time that say, oh, I love feedback. I'm great with feedback. And that's great. That's an element of it. But do you actually seek it out? And do you seek it out with the intent of getting better at your relationships and everything you do? Or do you seek it out to just maybe hear nice things about, about you? You know, if, if we approach somebody out of the blue, no, expect, uh, no, no uh, heads up, show up in their office and say, hey, what did you think about the, the meeting that I just ran? Or what did you think about that presentation I did? Well, most of us put on the spot like that are going to tell the person what they want to hear. Now, you might somebody might be saying, no, not me. I'll tell them, what, okay. But most of us will say, oh, it was great because we haven't had time even to think about it. But making it safe to tell the truth, just one example means I call you, Jen, and I say, hey, I notice you're going to be in my presentation next week. Could I ask you a favor? Would you mind, in addition to participating, would you mind making some notes on ways that I could actually improve in my communication and my presenting skills? And then when you have time, you and I could meet and we could, we could talk about that. That's making it safe to tell the truth. That's communicating to Jen or whoever I'm talking to, boy, he really wants to get better at this. So it makes me feel a little more comfortable saying things that might be a little bit difficult to say, but because I know his intent is to really get better, I'm going to share with him, hey, you, you, you tend to talk too much or you tend to put people on the spot or whatever it is. So there's there's some difficult situations that our listeners, our clients may be facing, meaning there's this whole issue around place, work at place right now. Um, you may be returning to being co-located. 
You may have never gone remote. You may go whole remote. You may go hybrid. And leaders are communicating um, what we're doing, right? They're, they're working on clearly and concisely, this is what we're going to do. And it's an interesting one because I'm sure I have and you have heard from folks who are saying, I loved not needing to commute, right? Um, didn't Don't have to get on the train. I don't ever want to go back into an office. Then you've got a whole nother subset that's saying, I'm missing the social socialization. Um, I we, we, We're more collaborative there. Those younger in their careers or at any point in their careers, not getting the same mentoring and career development. I think this is putting leaders in a really difficult spot as you think because you can't please everyone and you have to choose what's best for the strategy of your organization or your function and so on. So if you're making it safe to tell the truth in this situation, but you're thinking, well, even if I hear they don't want to commute and we're coming back in, there's nothing I can do about it. Tell me how you think about that. It's better to know, but why as a leader? Yeah, such such a great question. And so real, all of those examples you just gave, I think everyone around the world is dealing with every one of those. I often talk with leaders who will say, well, I don't want to ask her, you know, an employee, what's not working for you or how's it going? Because what if they share something that I can't address or I can't figure out? Well, then let's not ask them and let's let some company down the street ask them and we lose that employee. So the point is, first and foremost, showing your interest in your in your employees, putting aside the fact that you may or may not be able to resolve what their concern is, is secondary to showing true empathy, to showing true concern. So in, in the this return to work or not return to work or how we go work going forward uh, point, just sincerely asking, hey, how's it been going? This has been, you know, a trauma the entire world's gone through, but this last year and a half, how's it been going for you? What's What's been working well? What hasn't been working so well? Just start there. Don't worry about, I got to have a solution if they bring something up. Because if you're, if you're sincerely intent on understanding them, that alone will speak volumes to them and, and help solidify the reputation and, and the rapport and the engagement level that they, that they have with you. So truly showing an interest. And who knows? More often than not, not always, more often than not, there are things that we can, working together and collaborating, figure out, oh, what if we maybe considered doing this or that? So so don't shy away from asking the question, is what I would say. And then when we hear what's not working well for you, have you thought of, you know, too often leaders are afraid to ask their associates, you know, for the answer. Have you thought of what would be an effective way of addressing that, understanding where the company's going in our strategy, what would be some things that I might be able to do as your leader? I'm, I don't know that I can do them, but I'd love to hear your ideas. The answers are more often than not on the front lines. And, and we sometimes hesitate or forget to ask those on the front lines, gosh, what would you do? <laughs> well, uh, such great advice, because I think we, many that I've been working with and, and myself, I can speak for myself, work on what are clearly and concisely communicating, here's what we're doing, here's why, here's how it's different by function, here's how it's different, you know, because that's what we've decided is best for our business. And then when you get to that power skill moment, it's, yeah, but don't be afraid to lean in and hear. You, you, you may not be able to resolve it, but I think people are so afraid to even hear. Great advice, Todd. Last thing on this topic, you know, in your mind, what's the most important thing a leader, any leader, 
needs to do or remember, especially in this remote or hybrid or co-located or you've got a big, what's, what's something they really need to remember uh, in the world we're living in right now? Yeah, this uh, <laughs> this is is so important, and and for me, it is just remembering. You yes, you're in a leadership role. You have a title. Your employees, your team members have titles. These are all human beings. They all have the same excitement, the same passion, the same concerns, the same worries as you do. And and I find as I remember, remind myself of that before any conversation. It shapes the whole tone of my conversation, my mindset. Yes, I have certain things I need to convey or questions I need to ask, but it, it shapes the way I ask them in a, a more empathic and, and, and compassionate, uh, and I think compassion is greatly needed right now because there's a lot of uncertainty going on, but just reminding ourselves that yes, this is an employee and, and I'm responsible for her productivity or his productivity, and they're also a human being, and they also have a partner, or they have a child, or they have a niece, or they have you know, uh, a home that they're trying to get into or whatever it is and just being mindful of that. And I think as leaders, especially, we get so on the treadmill and so fast paced, we got more meetings than we can handle. And as Dr. Stephen Covey used to say, with people fast is slow and slow is fast. So just to, as hard as it is when you have so much to do, slow down and take time to really understand your team members. It'll, it'll pay back in volumes if you do that. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Jen.